Good morning. Well, I thought it was a lot more than that here by the praise and worship this morning. Hey, how are you doing? Everybody okay? Doing all right? Praise God. Okay. If you're a, a visitor here this morning, uh, the first time visitor, or you're an infrequent visitor, we'd like to welcome you, and just to let you know in advance that Isaiah 54, that's a little hint if you've got a Bible with you, Isaiah 54 and the opening verses have become incredibly important to us as a church, and we're going to be looking at them uh, for a few moments, so that's where we're kind of coming from, and... Okay, so it's 11.24. So... Well, you better come forward for prayer then. <laughs> if you have a Bible, will you turn with me please to Isaiah 54, uh, popular verses in the church. I'd just like to take another look at them for a few moments today. Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song and shout for joy, you who have never been in labor. For more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent canvas wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and the left. And your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in far-off lands, towns, cities, villages, anything else that's far away. Incredible verses. In these few verses I find we have yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Somebody once said that yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, And today is a gift, which is why it's called the present. I wish I'd written that myself, but, you know, somebody else has to get the praise and glory for that. But in these few verses, I find yesterday is the valley of despair. It's the valley of disappointment. It's the valley of discouragement. It's the valley of being let down. It's the valley of being forgotten. It's the valley where she's overlooked. It's not a good place. It's like the valley of the shadow of death. It's an awful place that she is in. But today is the start of a new day. Today is the journey of faith. Today is a new step in God. Today is promises being reignited. And tomorrow is the promise fulfilled and the journey continuing. But this desolate woman didn't start off as a desolate woman. She would have at some point been a younger woman, full of hope, full of dreams, raising up a family, raising up the next generation, passing on to the next generation all her own hopes, all her walk with God, her own experiences in life, her skills and her aspirations, and instilling them into the next generation. And she's looking forward down the corridors of time, wondering, when will it take place for me? And the years roll by, and the years become decades, and the decades increase, and hope disappears. 
and hopes are shattered and dreams are scattered and aspirations are blown to the, to the winds and there's nothing, nothing left to do. So this Emmanuel Church hasn't always looked this glamorous. If you're a visitor and this is the first time you're here, you may walk through the doors and think, well, they must be doing really well. Not many churches today can boast that they own two buildings. It hasn't always looked like this. Years ago, we used to hire a carpet factory, disused carpet factory. Then we rented out a six-form centre. Then for a short period, we met in a school. And I don't know all the stories, to be honest with you, but those are parts of the things that make up the past of this church. And along with that, there was all sorts of other things that went wrong, that caused heartache, being downcast, wondering, what do we do tomorrow? And this woman, as the years go by, and as hope disappears and as dreams get left behind something else takes place and it's that the tent stakes get weak in the ground and the ropes start to sag along with the canvas and everything looks depleted and about to collapse and as she hits kind of rock bottom and one morning as she's waking up thinking Can I really be bothered to face another day? Can I really be bothered to get out of bed today? Can I really make the effort to put one foot in front of the other? Can I really make that effort one more time? Suddenly, a whisper in the depths of a weary soul this whisper that says sing barren woman you who have never born a child and I just imagine because it's not in the text so I just imagine this woman suddenly sitting there thinking I recognize that voice it's what Lindsay's been on about recently I, I recognize that voice And it comes again, sing, barren woman, you who have never born a child. And I wonder if the conversation, excuse me, if the conversation went something like, Mr. God, you've got to be kidding. Do you not see the pain in my soul? Do you not understand the disappointments in my mind? Do you not get the hurt that I'm carrying in my heart? Do you not really understand what it is I have gone through where every hope and every dream and every aspiration that I have had has disappeared? Do you not get where I'm coming from? And while we're at it, why do you rub salt in the wound to remind me of what I've become? Believe God would say, I don't rub salt in the wound by saying you're barren. I let you know, because I want you to know, I've not forgotten you. And I've not forgotten the depth of the need that you have. I know where it's at for you. And because I know where it's at for you, I whisper to you today, sing, barren woman. Sing. Mm. I'm not really sure, God. I mean, have you seen the state I'm living in? 
What have I got to sing about? The psalmist said in Psalm 13 verse 9, he said, I will sing praise to God because he has been good to me. And sometimes in the midst of it all, we need to reflect on where God has really been good. It may just be we got fresh air to breathe. And it's a starting place. But God says to her, sing. Maybe she said, well, you know, okay, God, because it's you that's asking me, I'll sing inside myself. Is that okay? Nobody else needs to hear it. I can, I can sing. It's, you know, it's an internal thing. Like I can, I can make that happen. And will you be pleased with that? Sing, barren woman. You, you mean you want me to put kind of some effort into it? You want me to open my mouth? Is that what you're saying? You want me to, well, I'll sit on the end of the bed if you don't mind God. And if this is any good to you, well, this is all I got to offer. And maybe she begins with, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. And then suddenly God speaks to her again. And God says, Break forth. Burst forth. Shout aloud. And God just slow down. I'm just trying to come to terms with singing. I'm not singing for years, God. Will you just slow down a minute? I just want to kind of, I want to hear my own voice again. I've not heard myself sing for a while. And now you say, burst into song. Now you say, shout aloud. Well, maybe I could. I mean, uh, at the end of the day, the state of this tent that I'm in, it's, um, nobody's going to hear it because the sound's going to be muffled anyway. So I think I could, I could probably raise a hallelujah in the middle of the mystery. I could, I could raise, I could, I could raise a hallelujah. Is that enough? If I just raise a hallelujah, will, will you be satisfied with a hallelujah, God? You know I mean, shout aloud and open up my heart and let the praise, you, you want me to sing and shout? Oh, I, I don't stop singing to do the shout. I gotta do both. Oh, come on, God, this is, do you not know where I'm at? And then suddenly, God gives her a promise. And the promise is, for more are the descendants of the barren woman than her who has a husband. More. I haven't got anybody. Have you seen the state I'm in? But suddenly, the promise from God, the freshly spoken promise of God, inspires her, and suddenly faith begins to come alive again. And she thinks, this is... God's, God's not forgotten me. Here's the promise. He is saying, I'm barren. I haven't got a husband. i got nothing to show for it. But God is saying, I'm going to have a big descendant. He said that to Abraham, didn't he? He said the same thing to Abraham. He made the promise to Isaac. and He's not forgotten me. This is the covenant keeping God. And suddenly faith starts to generate. And we have something in common with this woman. Isaiah 7 verse 9 says, if we don't stand in faith, we don't stand at all. So what we have to do is this. We have to put our trust in the invisible to do the impossible so that which is unobtainable, he makes achievable. Woo! We got it right. Glory. But that's, that's kind of where it's at for this woman. And God is kind of whispering to her. C.S. Lewis said, God whispers to us in our pain. 
and he shouts at us in our pleasure. You like that? He whispers to us in our pain and shouts at us in our pleasure. He says, come on, sing. Now burst out, thank you. Burst out. Shout, shout aloud. And then God, having made the promise, gives her an activity. And God says, extend, enlarge your tent. Oh dear. That's a problem. Have you seen the state of my tent, God? All the stakes are weak in the ground. The ropes are hanging loose. The tent sags at every corner. Have you seen the state of my tent? And by the way, um, Mr. God, that's an external activity. I, 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 I think I could manage the singing. Can we leave it there? I can stay indoors and I can do the singing. That's okay. No, no. Here's the promise. Your offspring is going to be more than the woman who has a husband. So to make certain there's room for your offspring, you have to enlarge your tent. And to enlarge your tent, you have to go outside. Because you can't enlarge the tent inside. It doesn't work that way. Anybody that's been camping knows you have to go outside and do something that is physical. And suddenly there's this, um, there's this added challenge of, oh dear, I haven't been outside my tent for a long time. Maybe you haven't witnessed for a long time. And we've had a challenge of will this morning. Maybe you haven't sung much for a long time. We've had a challenge of Lindsay this morning. Sing. Shout aloud. Let your praises out. Now extend and enlarge your tent. Oh dear. Um, well, maybe. I don't know if you realize this, but a long time ago, before we bought the building across the road, this building was owned by a guy called Mike and the building was called Microchem. And I do wonder sometimes, I kind of speculate in my imagination, what other business people on the estate spoke to Mike about the new visitors and the new uh, company he was going to have across the road. Oh, I see, Mike, you've um, a building across the road is sold. You're going to have new neighbors? Yeah, yeah, having new neighbors. No, this is not an exact conversation. I didn't hear it. I'm using the imagination, okay? <laughs> Just to let you know. I wasn't eavesdropping somewhere. So, oh yes, having new neighbours. Um, so what are they going to be doing? Are they going to be a DIY place? Or are they going to be into caravans and tenting? Or furniture making? Or what are they going to be doing? No, no, it's going to be a, a conference centre. So what? It's a conference centre. Well, who in their right mind is going to have a conference centre in the middle of a recession? I don't know, says Mike, but that's what's happening. Well, what business consortium has the sense to do that? Oh, it's not a business consortium. What do you mean it's not a business consortium? Oh, no, it's, um, it's Emmanuel Church. It's who? What kind of sense have they got? Have they got collateral? I have no idea, says Mike, but they're buying it. And we did. Against the odds. Because we put our faith in the invisible to do the impossible. So that which is unobtainable, he and he alone makes achievable. And that's what God has been doing. And that's the bit of the past and a bit of the today journey that we're still on. But the years roll by and God has said, enlarge your tent. Oh dear, well that's going to be... But having said enlarge your tent, see God says something else to this woman. He says stretch. I love that word. Stretch your tent canvas wide. 
Now, it's a long time since I did kind of handstands and stuff like that in school. If I were to try that kind of exercise today and the stretching that comes with it, I would find myself in a lot of pain. It would hurt. That's what it's meant to do. Stretch your tent canvas wide. That's going to hurt the canvas. The canvas hasn't been stretched for a long time. Well, there you go, says God. Enlarge your tent. Get the offspring in. Not rearrange the furniture to make more space. No. Enlarge, is what God said. Enlarge your tent. Stretch the tent curtain wide. Stretch the tent canvas as far as you can. Stretch it. And by the way, says God, do not hold back. Make certain you keep stretching. So let's imagine that we're all able-bodied members in Emmanuel Church here today. I wonder, if you're not involved in serving anywhere, and most of us are, I know, maybe it's time for you to be stretched. Think about it. God said stretch. He didn't say it for no reason at all. Otherwise, everything gets carried by a small, a small group of people. And the more people get involved, the stretching becomes easier to manage. But I do believe that there are one or two people who are gifted. Please hear me with this. I believe there are people here, you've been blessed by God financially. And not only have you been blessed by God financially, but you've been given by him the gift of giving. And I believe God would ask you this question. The last time you gave, did it stretch you? The last time you gave, was there pain in the offering? Did it cost you something? Or did you give generously, but really it was like, it was okay? Like you to really consider how much you can be stretched in God. Because God has a way of returning back to us. And so I leave that with you. But stretching is what she is asked to do. And she's told, do not hold back. And then she's told, well, you have to strengthen your stakes and lengthen your cords. And that's necessary because otherwise the stretching is a waste of time. But it's not something you do one bit and then another. When you're putting your tent up, it's kind of all-encompassing. Everything has to happen for the tent to remain in place. If you don't put the stakes in and attach the ropes to it, but you stretch the canvas out, it's going to fall down again. And then that's all the hard work that is to no avail. But then God says something else which I think is really amazing. God says, you will spread out. Somebody said to me when I was in my teens, well, you wait till you get, you wait till you turn 20. You'll soon put some weight on. <laughs> you'll spread out. Say, okay, I keep eating 17 potatoes a day and see what happens. And then you get the 30. Ah, well, you know, you wait to get the end of your 30. You wait to get the 40. You wait to get the 50. And, you know, I'm still waiting. So, so some of us are spread more easily than others, you know. But spreading is what God has asked, has said to this woman. You, about her offspring, you can have more. Your offspring will be more than the woman who has a husband. And your offspring will spread out. Spreading is messy. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 
20 something, Paul says, how is it when you come together? Every one of you has a hymn, has a psalm, has a reading, has a, has a tongue, has a prophecy, has a word of knowledge, has a miracle. Has, and the list is kind of almost endless. And he says, everything must be done, but decently and in, all, and in order. Spreading is not decent and in order. You can't go muck spreading decently and in order. You can't spread concrete decently and in order. In fact, I can't spread butter decently and in order. You know, I think, but it just, just doesn't work that way. I mean, when I used to open tins of paint, it would just kind of be everywhere except where it's meant to be. How does that work? Well, spreading is messy. But God says you will spread to the right and the left. That's amazing in itself because had God said you will spread to the north and the south, Jesus could not have given the great commission as he did as recorded at the end of Matthew 28 because he said go into all the world and preach the gospel. If God had said north and south, it excludes 30 other points on the compass. But God said right and left. You will spread out to the right and to the left. And right now where I'm standing, this is my right and this is my left. But if I turn this way, this is my right, and this is my left. And if I turn that way, well, that's my right, and that's, in other words, right and left determines on which way you're facing. The other thing God did not say was spread out to the right and the left in a five-mile radius. He just said right and left. Because right and left is all-encompassing, and it's limitless, whereas north and south is limited, it's restrictive, and it excludes the other 30 points on the compass. So God is all-inclusive. Spread out to the right. Thank you, I thought so too. He said, <laughs> to the right and the left. It's, it's, God is so simplistic in what he gets us to do. And this desperate, desolate woman, suddenly hope and faith begin to spark for her. Because with the instruction is the promise. And the promise is repeated. And the promise is confirmed. And dead dreams can live. And new hope can be found in the heart even of a desperate, desolate woman that thinks she is forgotten. And basically when God says, you'll have more children, in one sense he's whispering to her, I love you. I've not forgotten you. I've not overlooked you. But the stretching is remarkable. So Mike of Microchem comes to sell this place. And I imagine the conversation going on something like, um, so I see, Mike, you're going to retire then. Yeah, I finally made the decision. So when are you hoping to sell the building? Oh, I've sold it. You sold it? Goodness me, that didn't take long. Who have you sold it to? Oh, I said, you know, the Durham Center, that conference place, that I sold it to them. You sold it to them. Well, they, are they selling the Durham Center to buy it? No, no, they're buying this place as well. That's a church. Yes, a church. So they can have two buildings. They can have two buildings, yeah. Hey, you're quick on the uptake, but yeah, having two buildings. My goodness me, that'll stretch them. Yes, it will. But that's what God said. Stretch your canvas wide. Do you know God never said stop stretching? He never, st- he never said stop enlarging. He never said, stop putting your stakes in deeper and more secure. He never said, he just said, keep doing it. 
because there is another generation coming through that will need somewhere to be trained, need somewhere to be instilled, need somewhere to be empowered, need somewhere to be re-envisioned, and need somewhere to come back to in order to be revived again before going on again. And so as we spread out to the right and the left, and we continue to trust God with it, we find in recent years we have suddenly gone, not just to India once a year, but now there's Bulgaria, and there's Turkey, and Mexico is on the cards, and other things take place. And suddenly the stretching continues as we continue to trust with God. But when God said stretching and spread out, if he had said north and south, he'd be stewards on the door saying, excuse me, but where do you come from this morning? Oh, um, um, East Bolton, sorry, you're not welcome. Yeah. Newcastle is, oh, we'll be fit, but okay, just about. But God in his wisdom has made it simple, but wants us to continue the journey. The journey is not over. The stretching, the enlarging is not over. Why? Because there is another generation coming up. There is another generation waiting to fill the gap that has been made as some people, God bless them, have already passed away. But there's a younger generation. And the younger generation, where are the younger generation? Give me, well, don't give me away, give me a cheer. Where's the younger generation? There's a younger generation, good. Now you may look at us in the older generation and think, well, they're a bunch of old creaking doors. I mean, look, they've got to jump put one foot in front of the other. That's the physical. What you need to understand is this. We've been walking this walk with God for a long time. And we want you to go further than we have gone. We want you to see more in God than we have seen. We want you to experience more of God than we have experienced. We want you to know God more than we have known Him. And Daniel said, the people that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. We want you to do that. But we want you to know we ain't stopped running yet. So if you want to go further than us, you've got to catch us up. And we may look like a bunch of creaking old doors, but that's physical, not spiritual. And if you want to go further in God, you need to find out where have we got to. You need to take time to find out what have you discovered in God? How well do you know God? How have you proved God? What has God done for you over the years? And if you want that to happen, you need to understand in this church, there is a Caleb spirit on this generation. And this generation says, give me this mountain, because right now, even though the end is nearer than it was ten years ago, I need something to fight for. I need something to trust God for. I need something to keep going to God with. I need something to keep singing my praise to God. Even when I hit rock bottom, and I don't feel like it and all I can give you God is I'll sing of the mercies of the Lord forever because when the chips are down singing is something we can all do internally or externally but I do believe this and I believe God would say to us today I have not called this church says the Lord to be a traditional church planting church I've not called this church to have that program whereby every 18 months you send out another group of people to another town to establish another work. But I have called this church, says the Lord, to be a church planting church with a difference. 
Because the difference is I will cause you to spread out and to settle in in distant lands. I will cause some of you in going on mission to suddenly find when you return and your time is over, I've left something of my heart behind and God is calling me back there and in returning, says the Lord, I want you to establish in those places an Emmanuel church, not like this, But in Emmanuel Church that the locals will say, God is with them. And you will say, God is with us. And in demonstrating that God is with us, I call you today, says God, to be a fully functioning, charismatic church in expression and lifestyle wherever I cause you to settle. And with that, if you're under 30, can you come and make a line out the front, please? Don't be shy. I know you're there. If you're under 30 and turn and face the, the congregation, I don't mind left or right, whichever way you want to face. Face. Anybody else there? Don't be shy. You might be a visitor if you're under 30 and still want to come forward, that's good. Still coming. Glory. Spread out, that's the word. Spread. Not a neat, tidy line. Spread. Yeah. Yeah, good. Praise God. Now then, if you're 30 and over, I would like you to come out and stand in front of one of these that's already out here. Don't be shy. No matter how old you are, if you're over 30, under 110, able to move, come and stand in front of someone. Stand in front of someone. So that everybody has somebody that they're facing. Now listen to me, younger generation. Look at the person that is in front of you. Look at the person that is in front. They're going to pray for you in a moment. But look at the person that's in front of you. I want you to make a commitment to God. That you, at some point, will talk to the person that's in front of you. And you will find out from them What have they achieved in God? What have you seen? What provision has God done for you? How have you had miracles? What, what, how have you seen God provide for you? Find out. Because if you don't find out, you don't know how far you have to go to pass them. (laughs) It's kind of simple, really. So you need to find out. What have you seen in God? What have you done in God? When did you get born again? What was your baptism in the spirit like? What was your first, how did God provide the first job for you? Did God get you through university? How did all that happen? How did God supply you with the first house? And whatever the questions are, you need to find out from the person that is in front of you what God has done for them. Because as you get older and you become the creaking door brigade, as you get older, right, you will be the, com- the people prepared to pass on to the next generation. So the cycle continues. But the only way that happens is by you finding out what they have achieved in God. So right now, I'd like the younger people to pray for the person that's in front of them, that God will continually give them strength to keep going, and then that will be returned. The older people can pray for the younger people, and that will be excellent as well. And once we've done that, We'll have the band back up and we will have another time of praise and worship if time allows. Praise God. So pray. Don't hold back. Be strong in God. Be deliberate. Thank you, Jesus. Don't be shy.
Thank you, Jesus. Father, come in power. We pray in Jesus' name today that we will spread out and settle in desolate countries, Father. Pray that doors will be opened, that we'll not be put to shame. Come in power, Lord Jesus. Come in power. Holy Spirit, come in power. If you're not sure what to pray, just ask God to bless the person you're praying for. Ask God to equip them with His Spirit. Keep the prayer simple if you have to. Jesus. Come in power, Father. Come in power, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, Rabba, 